"'Twas the night before Christmas, when, all through the manse, not a creature was stirring, not even a chad. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The crew were nestled all snug in their rooms, hoping they'd continue to avoid their tombs. And I, in the basement, all leaky and wet, had just settled down for a long winter's rest. When out on the street then arose such a clatter, I sprang from my stall to see what was the matter. Away from the street I flew like a flash, tore open the garage with a sudden crash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of fallen stars to this old chateau. What could it be at such a late hour but a miniature sleigh and eight tuxedoed fowl with a lone woman driver so shiny and slick I knew in a moment it wasn't Saint Nick. More rapid than eagles her corsairs they came and she chanted and sang and she did disclaim Now sinners, now blasphemers, now devils and ghosts Upon this night your city has a new host and all that you own, all that you treasure, I'll take for my own with great pleasure. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, darkness began to consume the moon in the sky. So through the cobbled streets the corsairs they flew, snatching all they could carry and what they couldn't do. And then in a twinkling I heard from the sleigh, the sparkling mistress was coming my way. As I drew back and was turning around, she stepped from her carriage without a sound and appeared in front of me with a threatening look, a dress of stars and eyes like soot. No word was spoken as she approached this old cab. When her hand reached out, I felt such a stab. What was this feeling? I couldn't recall. It had been so long since I felt anything at all. My engine, it did shudder, and for a moment I thought of my mother. From her fingers, it began to crawl, glittering crystals, and it covered it all. I wanted to speak to scare her away, but I could do nothing much to my dismay. Frost so thick coated my being, and with it was this horrible feeling. All around it grew cold and it grew dark. Why did I have to move out of park? Soon I saw nothing, the world went away, and all I could hear was a voice asking me to stay. But something was wrong so deep in my being. What was it that I had been seeing? I tried to remember, to uncover the cause, but that's when I heard great terrible jaws, dripping with spittle and gnashing on bones. How very much I wished I was home. How did I get here, and how could I go? And does the legitimate courier business even know? Last time on Dungeon Master's Test Kitchen. Blades in the Dark is a game about a group of daring scoundrels building a criminal enterprise on the haunted streets of an industrial fantasy city. My character's name is Dredden. He goes by the Tinkerer. My character is Yarl Castill. Adric Ankaya. Oh, my nickname, uh, my alias is Needle. She's uh, classed into Ghost Fighter. You're a Ghostbuster. I'm a Ghostbuster. Bruiser, uh, Ghost Bruiser. As you approach a, uh, a spot that has you know, apparently nothing in it, and you hear a, 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 a raspy voice pipe up and uh, indignantly say, oh, you've, you've deigned to, to use me for your own gain once more, haven't you? Alan looks up meekly and says, uh, the, the goods are around the side. Uh, please get it as quickly and quietly as possible to the Devil's Tooth. So. Do you going to tell us what it is this time? She, she doesn't even look up. Anything dangerous or alive this time? You're paid to bring goods to where I need them to get to.
Uh, welcome back to DM's Test Kitchen. I'm Kayla. Somebody start. Nope. <laughs> I'm Tyler. I'm Amanda. I'm Jeff. I'm Nathan. So today we'll be playing Blades in the Dark, a continuation of our story that we started during our Halloween episodes. And as you probably heard, it's just the five of us today. And that's because I'll be the one DMing this time. So on that note, let's get started. It's been two months since your job with the Devil's Tooth, and you all have avoided talking about what you saw in that crate. Though, there hasn't been a night that the image hasn't entered your heads. Some are more blissfully ignorant than others. Chad passed out shortly after the unveiling from Tink's potion and doesn't remember a thing. But he swears up and down that he and Bruiser got it on and it was amazing. So amazing that he blacked out from his memory. Bruiser, on the other hand, you've had a couple nightmares about what happened in the square where you were forced to put a man out of his misery. How do you deal with those nightmares and is this common for you? I'm going to say I fuck Chad, but I don't. Um... <laughs> I don't think that nightmares really affect her too much. I think that's just what she thinks dreams are. Wait, does it imply that every dream is a nightmare for her? Yeah. Okay. That she, was the implication. <laughs> okay. She's a vet. So. <laughs> PTSD, motherfucker. <laughs> Alright, so you've had a couple small gigs since then, but nothing compares to the experience you had that one night. Legitimate Curry Business Incorporated has begun to get some notoriety. As such, you guys get to level up the crew. How does that work? Yeah. So the way that we're doing this is going to be a little bit different than how the book would operate and have you do, because normally you gain experience for doing certain things, but since we're kind of doing this via story instead of more individual kind Cast, of yep. heists and shit, what are you guys going to do is you get to pick two upgrades for the crew. So I've got a couple options here for you. There is a sheet here that does have the crew information on it if someone wants to write information down. Being that it's been two months, um, I should ask, are... Our harms are out of are taken care of. Yeah, you guys are all backed up full health. Because I still have dead guy's blood and ghost electricity. I I, I think you've had a shower and <laughs> had some. Uh, I think it was me. Therapy. It was me eating the dead guy's blood <laughs> yeah. to try to convince the cop that it was just fish blood. Oh. Yeah. Which also, like, who just eats fish blood? Yeah, I think I think Tink is probably. Come down from his high and gotten high a couple more times since then. <laughs> um, I'm going to vote for us to take informants. Yeah. I think that that will work. I would say either the informants one or the items one. You get Quality. two. Those are, those we are get good. two? Oh, you get two. Yeah. Yeah. I vote for those two. Yeah, you basically have more contacts, so when you're trying to find information, you, you get additional help. Kayla has to tell us more stuff. All right. This is metagaming a bit, but guaranteed Kayla has lots of stuff. Already pre-planned, so that one might come in handy just so we can hear. Doing quality reading increases basically, yeah, it just increases the tier quality of your gears, documents, items, supplies, tools, all that stuff, which basically makes it easier for you to do shit. So like your challenge rating will go down and make an additional dice depending. Okay. So informants and quality then. Now, um, you guys can all pick another special ability on your sheet, as well as add a stat for yourselves. Now it's the night before Christmas, and in Dustfall, this is when families and friends exchange gifts. Well, Christmas Day was reserved for socializing and activities. You guys are on your way home after a small Christmas party at the docks that Ellen was kind enough to invite you to. Moros isn't with you as she decided to go home for Christmas, having not seen her family sometimes, but it didn't stop her from imbuing the Christmas spirit. Carl has been decorated with ribbons and sleigh bells, and Carl Daver is wearing a Santa hat. The Fortune Estates has also been decorated. Did anyone help her, and how do the group feel about Christmas? Sleigh bells like S-L-E-I-G-H, or sleigh bells like S-L-A-Y-L-S? Why not both? He's fabulous, okay? <laughs> My people don't celebrate Christmas where I'm from, but I've lived in the city long enough to appreciate it. Bruiser help. Traitor. Yeah, I'm the traitor. You kept taking the decorations back down again? They were shiny. Uh, no. Uh... <laughs> I would just say, you know, try to enjoy the finest things in life, you know, and just start working on the mall wine. 
Get ready. I would say Tink probably got like lost in his work. He was like, ah, Christmas. You know, wandered wandered in here or there to like put up an ornament and was like, I helped. Okay, I got I gotta go talk to my ghost again. Bye. So <laughs> Bruce is getting right into it. She's covered in tinsel and drinking the mulled wine and Okay, among the things that she left was gifts for each of you, and she insisted that you didn't open them until tonight. Did any of you else get gifts for each other? I think Bruiser got everybody a small knife. I just wish everyone a happy, glad tidings. Tink definitely gave everyone just a small sampling of his, uh, of his spark. Um, of his spark? <laughs> spark. <laughs> uh, of, he's like, I usually sell this to people, but here's, here's some spark from me to you guys. Just, just have you guys uh, have yourselves a, a nice night. Is this gonna set a homeless man on fire? <laughs> this yeah, one, this, no, no. This is good shit. <laughs> oh, sorry, his trans powder. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'd probably lean real hard on the like, oh, I don't celebrate Christmas where I'm from, just to get out of buying things for people. But I will happily accept gifts from other people. So, uh, Tinker, or sorry, uh, Trader, warm. <laughs> uh, it's kind of just sort of a, the detached one, the aunt, just sort of gives money to people. <laughs> Okay, and do you guys open the gifts from Moros? Is it time to open the gifts? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's Christmas Eve, or, you know, normally families are sitting together opening gifts. You guys just got back from the party. Bruiser definitely peaked early, so, like, the one for Bruiser has been, like, poorly rewrapped. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we all sitting around doing lines of trans powder and taking yeah, and okay. opening up for some Okay, are you guys actually doing trans powder, by the way? No. No. Mm-mm. Okay. And how much have you all had to drink at this point? A lot. Okay. I had to make sure the mull wine was made correctly. <laughs> so scale of one to ten, how drunk are you? <laughs> how many patches of mull wine did we make? <laughs> I don't know. How many patches did you make? Let's say at least two at this point. Okay. All right. So, Bruiser, when you opened your gift early, what you found was there was a shrunken head designed to scare off nightmares by eating them and a box of incense. Aww. Tink, you open yours, and you find a vial of white dust and a note that says that this is corpse dust. It was supposed to be used to make zombies once upon a time, but I can't find any evidence to support this. <laughs> Trader, you find a blocky, tarnished gold tra- gold chain. I was never never able to hawk this. It's considered cursed gold. Have fun. Please, does it say Thug Life on it? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, there you go, it does. <laughs> Needle, you, you find a, a fine pocket watch with a broken face and a note that says, I think this may have belonged to someone you know. I was communing with the spirits and they led me to it behind a panel in the house. And there's also a package for Carl. Who opens it? How does Carl open it? I said, that who opens it? Oh, okay. Oh, like, <laughs> there's like, also a package for Carl. Who opens it? <laughs> there's a package for Carl. Full stop. <laughs> Who opens it? West <laughs> we as a team, like each hand in, pull back a little bit at the same time. So there's a set of decals for Carl for the business. Ooh. Is Carl, that actually a gift now. for Carl, or is that a gift for us that Carl doesn't actually appreciate too much? <laughs> I think, um, do you guys bring it to Carl, or...? Well, yeah. yeah, we don't give him a choice. Yeah, we slap it on him. I think he appreciates it because the decals are actually nice compared to like the shitty painting that you guys did on before. When so. he goes invisible, do they go invisible That was as my well? next question. Yes, it okay. does. Yes. All right. I just like the idea of decals just flying down the street. Yeah, just like advertisements. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Now, Always. Do you guys have plans for tomorrow? Because normally that's when people hang out with their family or do activities. My family's dead. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> Well, I feel like we've got this inn here at the estate. We could have a shindy. 
Can you have a party and invite all your friends? We can have a party with the, our the broken down front door. and wins. The door is always open, people. Come on in. <laughs> you guys are Bruiser's family. Aww. We just I, invite everybody. I invited Chad. Chad. <laughs> oh. Bruiser goes home for Christmas. <laughs> I won't invite Chad. Thank you. So the night's winding down and you retreat to your rooms. What do your rooms look like? My room has a full side, full wall, uh, mirror, and <laughs> um, I have various sets of mannequins, uh, sort of with sort of jewelry that I have acquired over time. Okay. Thug life is now the mainstay. <laughs> Tink's room is looks like I would say I would say it just looks like a lab. He's got a got his got a bed in the corner, and the rest of his room is just like. Alchemicals and all sorts of shit, uh, beakers and everything, just kind of on his dresser and everywhere. Experiments just always going. <laughs> just like <laughs> caustic bottles and vials of things, just so ready to get knocked over. Oh yeah, absolutely. Good thing you don't have a cat. Needles room probably pretty sparse. Everything's painted vanta black. It's not just filled with like hay. And then when you go in there and we have to come find you, it's like finding needle in a haystack. No. You don't like that one? But no. For the listeners at home, Jeff is giving the most unimpressed uh, look. It's way too early in the morning for this. <laughs> Alright. Um, Jeff is getting exactly what he deserves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. To answer your question, there's no hay in my room. Yeah, no, fairly sparse. Um, just kind of the, the low-key kind of attire that I normally wear. Kind of, you know, in a Simple chest of drawers, maybe a couple of, like, trinkets or something from my my old family that I keep kind of close. Not a, not a lot going on. Okay, and Bruiser? Um, Bruiser's got just a wall of um, weapons. Some of them are too fancy and nice to actually be used. They're just, like, old antiques that she keeps up to decorate. Um, and the ones that are, like, for use have their outlines on the wall so you know like where they go back um and there's definitely like a couple of hooks with the outline of a rubber mallet that's never been put back up on the wall some ghost what's the ghost the spirit imbued um, manacles and chains are hanging up there and she's burning one of the sticks of incense that she took out of the package when she opened her Christmas gift early and, like, wrapped the rest of it up, but she's been burning that one for about a week since she opened. What does the incense smell like? The incense is, like, a whole delicious forest of pine trees being burnt to the ground. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So beautiful. Yeah, it's real nice and festive It's like BC in the summer. Uh, (laughs) All right, so it's about 10 p.m. What do you guys do with the rest of your night? Are you guys going to bed at this point? Bruiser will hang out in the living space and drink mulled wine until she's not... Like, until <laughs> other people drinking mulled wine have left and then she'll go to bed. I would say, yeah, I can I can dig the mulled wine. I've got to keep this wine going. I participate in the, uh, drinking? The, the mulled wine, I think, yeah. I'm going to get you guys to roll a survey check. A survey check? Yes. So look at your skills. Look at how many dots you have in survey. So if I have none, I roll disadvantage. I roll two dice and take the lower. That's correct. That's a two for me. I got puppy paws. Two fives. <laughs> okay. I got a ladybug. I got a three. That's my high. Well, you actually have a ladybug on your dice. Okay. Yeah, it's a one. I thought that was some dice terminology I was unfamiliar with. So, so most of you are, don't really notice anything, but Neil, 
You hear a noise outside. This isn't really unusual, though, as many of the buildings around the area have been condemned, and you aren't the only squatters. And There's been a time or two when squatters have tried to move into the Fortune Estates. I don't think we even classify as squatters, because technically he has some claim to the owning the estates. But you guys don't know that. As far as you guys are aware, you're all squatters. I think I should. He knows. I know that. Well, I don't, I don't yeah. think you shared anything. No, you haven't us. shared anything about your family or anything like that. Oh. So they don't <laughs> well, not, not in game, I just assume that you guys kind oh. of knew that. Personally, as, as players, yeah. 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 Characters know. Cloud crash shakes the house, getting the rest of your attention. It wasn't me! Was Carl <laughs> drinking the wine too? <laughs> well, I would investigate, being that it's sort of my place anyway. So what, do you and like I, look out a window? Or do you? Where did it come from? Um, it seems to come outside. Then yeah, I'd look out the window. So you, you look outside and you see the moon. And it begins to dim, and then tendrils of black consume it, bathing the outside world in dark, leaving only the lanterns glowing on the streets. That's not good. And then a few moments later, you hear the voice of a woman call out. Now sinners, now blasphemers, now devils and ghosts, upon this night, your city has a new host. All that you own, all that you treasure, I'll take for my own with great pleasure. Oh, hell no. Bruiser kind of wants to be on her team. Now, is there, <laughs> is there a Santa Claus in this world? Or is there an equivalent? Yes, there is a Santa Claus. Guys, I think Santa's going through some stuff. <laughs> uh, the Mrs. Mm. Claus is taking over. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure everyone's awake and, and slap them a little bit sober. Go warm up Carl. Do you guys go down the garage? Well, are we going somewhere? Do we need to go somewhere? Like... <clears throat> This is happening in the sky, right? Well, it's happening outside in the street. Wait, wait it's still in the chain of happening what? in the street? You, the voice comes from, came from the street. Oh. Yeah, like, Not from the moon? He, no. Yeah, he looked outside, he saw that the moon got tentacled, whatever, and but he didn't see what caused the crash. No. And I didn't see where the voice was coming from, it just sounded like it was coming from It came, sounds moon. like it's coming from the street, you can see it through the boarded up windows. So it wasn't like a PA system, it was just like... There was somebody literally yelling. Well, I guess we go downstairs and, like, poke our heads out onto the street. Sounds like an alright idea. Bruiser grabs her uh, utility weapons off of the wall and pockets them before heading out. Yeah, Tink has always kind of got his bandolier on him, just in case. Oh yeah, I've got got whatever, you know, my my general day-to-day is on me pretty much at all times. My daily carry. So you guys go outside, and at first... You can't tell if it's just, just the movement of the shadows, but as you look down the street, you see persons all dressed in black flitting through the alleys. Over their backs, they carry large sacks. That was not meant to run. Um, <laughs> they seem to disappear as you watch, and to your left, you see tracks in the freshly fallen snow. You see long, linear tracks you recognize as belonging to a sleigh, as well as the tracks of a shoeless person that looks, and then others that look like strange triangles. Following the human tracks, you find that they go around the Fortune Estate to where the underground parking is. You see vehicle tracks leading from the parking, stopping right before where they would come out to the full street, and you see Carl sitting there motionless. Carl, did you see anything? You get no response. Carl, wake up. Guys, I think Carl's gone. Is his corpse there? Yeah, did they take his corpse out of the front? Carl Daver? Yeah, Carl Daver's still sitting there. Still got a Santa hat on, but there's nothing. You get no response from Carl. Did we... We need to, like, fill them up? Usually, no. I'm going to rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't condone, condone necrophilia here, that, but... <laughs> my Christmas, guys. <laughs> uh, does he need gasoline? No, he does not. Okay. He's actually technically a carriage still, too. But... <laughs> Ghost, <Right>. Ghost gas. 
When you look past Carl, you see the gate that leads into the uh, underground parking has been smashed open, and that's what you figure is where the sound came from. I guess we go... Wait, was, did Carl come out of the underground parking? He did. So he's busted out of the underground parking. Yeah, he's now sitting motionless in the street. Wait, is the gate going broken out or in? Out. He came out. He oh, he person. broke it out. Yeah. Aw, good for Carl. So he got out of there. And now he's just severely concussed. And now has no soul. As far or... as you can tell, Carl is not frozen. It was the tentacles. Uh, can I do a survey check? Yes, you can. It's not going to be good, because I have no ticks in it. Uh, three. Okay, and what are you trying to look for? I'm trying to look for uh, some sort of sign of what way they went or like what was taken. Okay, so, a track to follow. So when you look down around Carl, you see that the human, the naked human footsteps that you saw in the snow go to Carl. And then they seem to go back. So they go up to Carl and then walk away? Yeah. Back into the underground? Uh, no, they go back towards the sleigh tracks you saw. I'm going to just quickly run into the garage, just poke my head into where Carl's spot used to be, and see if I can see anything. Yeah, you go downstairs, uh, it's, everything's exactly as you left it, leaky and gross, but nothing unusual. It just looks like he just kind of... Came out. Is he capable of moving on his own? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how he does okay. on his own. Okay. So it's not like somebody came in, hijacked our car, got it as far as the sidewalk, killed him, and then got back in their sleigh and ran away. No. Okay. I think uh, we should follow these sleigh tracks. Might be the best bet. Probably. And there's three sets of tracks. So there was bare human feet, there were sleigh tracks, and there were triangle-like tracks. So they all go in different directions? Um, the triangle tracks and the sleigh tracks seem to be aligned. The human tracks... Almost as if the things that made the triangle tracks were pulling the things that made the sleigh tracks? Potentially, yes. And then the feet... Walked from where, from the sleigh tracks towards Carl, and then back. When when they get back to the sleigh tracks, they disappear. Yes. So it's like the so sleigh pulled up, compelled Carl to like bust out of the garage, stole his spirit, got back into the sleigh, and took off. Is Carl the spirit of Christmas? Does he have the Christmas spirit? Maybe he's the spirit of Christmas past. And he went time traveling ghost wagon. Yes. <laughs> There are now a couple of people that have stepped out into the street from the commotion. They're all looking around bleary-eyed, and half of them are drunk, and half of them are homeless. They're all looking around, trying to figure out where the sound is. Can we push from. Carl back into the garage? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, we should do that. What are the tracks? Like, is it snow that the tracks are in? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Bruiser's, like, gone back inside, put on her winter clothing and boots, and is, like, ready to go, since it looks like we're walking. Let's, yeah, let's just get Carl, like... Not in the middle of the street since you know. Just turn his invisibility on. Well, you can't. I don't, I don't think, think you can. I, I think it's no. Carl power. Okay, oh. so you put Carl back into the garage. So as you guys come back up from the garage, um, you guys have selected your loadout. Make sure you write down what your loadout is. You have to choose whether it's a light load, regular load, or heavy. So remember that heavier the load, the easier that a blue coat or someone could detect, potentially see that you could get to no good. I've got a heavy loadout. I took a normal loadout. Yep, same. Alright. No, I've I've gone ahead and erased my usage of them from the previous session. Cause yes, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys do. are not tied to the ability, the, the items you used before, you can change them. Okay, all. I'll erase my unusual weapon because I think that was my rubber mallet. She's probably not carrying that anymore. Yeah. Okay, and so as you guys come out, um, you see a steam-powered power car roll up. And it's Chad! Yo, dude, are you okay? <sighs> do we acknowledge him? Do we just like continue walking down the street, following the tracks, just like not looking at <laughs> yeah, him? That, that's what Tink is going to do. He's going <laughs> to walk right past him. Yeah. Bruiser like sort of rubs her 
her face and is just like, oh, sweet Jesus, and pretends that she doesn't see him. Guys, guys, seriously, though, man, like, something happened. Like, yeah, I, I was told to come check on you. Told by who? Polonia, dude. Yeah, we're fine. Tracks on the ground, bare feet, sleigh, thing. We're following those. Oh, yes, she hit you, too. Uh, she? Oh, the moon she? lady? So, okay, guys, okay, let me tell you, let me lay this out for you. Like, so, it was super crazy. I was in my room, you know, and I entertained some lady, and he, like, looks over at Bruce, and he's like, but you're still my number one, and he, like, makes eyes at you. It never happened. That, nope, whatever you think happened that didn't, nope. It's, it's okay, it can just be between you and me. It's fine. And so, like, the lanterns just, like, completely all went out. And it got super dark, but you know me, it takes more little darkness to scare me, and you know, I'm just like, instead. So anyways, I went to see if everyone was okay, and you know, I took care of my ladies, of course, because I'm, I'm a gentleman after all, and you know that. And everything seemed fine, and, but Polonia was missing. And, well, the only place I had in check was like the cellar, and so I went down there with some of the guys, you know, because they were scared. Were you able to get in at this time? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I got the key now. He like pulls it up from his like he's got a necklace now with the key tied to it. He's a latchkey kid for the cellar that he works at. <laughs> yeah, and we found her. She was kind of messed up, but she was fine. She but she didn't know who it was. Like something about some girl maybe. But they came for the crate. <sighs> Do you know where they went, Chad? We're not quite sure. Like I don't know anyone who'd steal this stupid thing. But she insisted it's important that I come check on you guys. And some people try to track down where it came from, but you all seem fine. She said if things were good here, I should go check with the Lynn down at the dock since the shipment came through her. What's, yeah. What is Chad driving? He's driving a steam power car. All right, Chad. Good call coming to check on us. Leave the keys in the ignition, and how about you just uh, hop in the trunk, and we'll we'll drive us. We've got an idea of where we're going, so why don't you just you just get in the back? Polonia, trust me, this car, I can't, I can't, I, I, I will happily drive you to wherever you need to go, but I can't. Well, let's roll all these tracks. Can I do a sway check? Sure, you can. Five. Chat's like, okay, only if you're driving and I don't oh, go yeah. in the trunk. I'm driving. Okay. You're in the trunk. No. That's what you said. No, I said only if I don't go in the trunk. Okay, but you ride, bitch. Sure. All right. Cool. Shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you guys now have the car. So Tink and I are flanking Chad in the backseat. Yep. <laughs> hey, uh. <laughs> like a fine piece of meat. <laughs> it's a big man meat sandwich. <laughs> three meats. It's a, it's a, it's a three meat sandwich. <laughs> meat lovers. Alright, so are you guys planning to go to the docks? The cold cut trio here. <laughs> Uh, I was going to keep following the tracks. What way are the tracks like going? Are they going away from the docks? Or are they going? They to are the heading or... northwest right now. Which northwest is towards the docks? Thank you. <laughs> North is up here. You guys are in six towers. So pretty much, there's two ways you can go. You can go either through Charter Hole or Brightstone to get to said docks. Those are the docks. Right, but where are the where are the tracks? They're going north. Right now, they're going northwest. If you follow the tracks, it looks like they go through Brightstone. Follow so. the tracks. So uh-huh. as you approach the bridge to Brightstone, you see that there are blue coats with the blockade. Mm-hmm. And as you approach, who's, so you're driving? Yep. Okay. Are any of them Needle's friends? Let's roll. Do a corn, concert check for me. Oh, you my have friends. A, yeah. Needle. Right. That's you. Yeah, One. Okay. So nope, they are not your friends. All right. So the blue coat comes up the car, license and registration. 
I hand them Chad's license and the car's registration. So you're not the driver? Or is it you're not? Sorry, you, <laughs> this isn't your license? It's Chad's. Chad's. The... He like, looks into the car and Chad waves at him. Yeah. He's like, okay. We've had some reports of uh, thieves all over the city. They seem to be moving from region to region, taking anything that isn't nailed down. You folks don't know anything about that, do you? I'm going to pipe up. Um, well, sir, we're actually uh, maybe victims of, uh, of that, and we're following these, uh, these here tracks. They, they broke into our car and stole some things. Okay, give me a sway. They stole our radio. Five. Okay, yeah, that sounds like quite the story that we've been hearing all night, so... All right, well, if you see anything, let us know. Go on through, guys. Thank you, officer. Okay, you guys going through? Mm-hmm. And as you guys arrive at the dock, you see there's a lot of commotion, and dozens of people are running around. And the gates have been opened despite it being after hours. At this point, it's probably about midnight. Do you guys want to go straight through, or are you going to try to talk to the dock workers? Do we recognize any of them? Are they any of the I'm assuming we... this is where the tracks led? At okay. this point, the tracks kind of disappear, but they seem to be going this way. Okay. Um, and you do recognize them. You guys were just at the dock worker party a couple hours ago, so most of the people that you see around were the people that were at the party. Would disappear like they disappeared because there's all other foot traffic? You can't tell. You just can't seem to find the tracks anymore. They've kind of melded in with all the other tracks. Okay, okay. Not just like, they stopped and they're gone now. Well, yeah, no, it's just there's tons of tracks now, so they've kind yeah. of just faded away. Hey, you! Man, there. Standing there. <laughs> so a guy runs up and says, Oh, you guys are here. Is, you're here to help? Well... Question on what we need to help with. What's happening? Man, you're you're not going to fucking believe it. You, you need to go talk to Ellen. She'll tell you what's going on. Like It's crazy. We go talk to Ellen. So you guys drive up to Ellen's little shack, and you find her, and she's in the in her shack, and she's looking more scattered than usual, and like her blonde hair is frazzled. Like Before, when you saw her earlier, it was all in a very nice, coist style, and she looked all pretty during the party, but now it's just like everywhere. It's just a mess, and she's got her glasses like on her face, and they're smudged, and she's staring over a bunch of papers and is cursing under her breath. She's like, what are you lot doing here? You seen a crate, yay big? Of course she's seen lots of crates. So and she just like, looks around she's like, yeah? <laughs> we got a couple of things converging on the docks tonight. Mm-hmm. One, our place was broken into, um, and the tracks seem to lead in this direction. And two, that doofus Chad from the Devil's Tooth um, said that they got robbed, and that uh, we should head down here to help you guys out with something. Chad's like standing in the back, and he's like, you might know about the, um, well, that package that we delivered a couple months ago. Well, we didn't get robbed, but something happened. She stands up, just, you won't believe it until you see it. And she leads you guys outside and walks you to the edge of the landing. Do we believe it? Everybody's doing the pronoun game. I'm really frustrated. <laughs> you gotta go talk to this person. And we're gonna talk about it. What is it? <laughs> she says, look. And so as you guys look out, the ocean is frozen. Boats sit stuck in the ice while dock workers work to remove the people. That's not good. Chad's just like, oh man, who knew Craig could us so much trouble? And Ellen just stares at him. She's like, it's that fucking package. I should have known it. And she's like chewing her lip and she's cursing some more. She's like, I told Pulling, I told her a fucking hundred times. I don't deal with packages from up north. Freezer puts on her ice skates. <laughs> 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 like, how, like, Mark off ice skates on your <laughs> item list there. I mean, how flat are the cutter, ice? So. Yeah. The, the, it was like the waves just froze mid-wave, so the ice isn't completely flat. Like, you see, like, rolling water and waves just all frozen. Okay, cool. Alan's just, like, rubbing her face. She's like, there's only one settlement up north. 
Myra. It's small. Nothing like that small. It's barely considered a village. They have their dome and a dock, and that's really fucking it. But something's not right about those people. She just shivers, and just, we deal with their boatman on occasion, barely speaking fucking English. But they, and they always look at things way too long. We mostly get wood from them and stagnate, but every once in a while we get one of those special shipments, your kind of shipment. I've handled enough of them to know better. They always go wrong in the worst ways. Is getting wood a euphemism for getting stagnate? (laughs) The last shipment I had delivered, the crew disappeared. I still got my payment, but it wasn't fucking worth it. Polania and I go way back. She assured me it was nothing of consequence, some illegal delicacy... Damn it, she fucking curses again and looks out over the ice. I've never seen anything quite like this, though. But there's someone that might know. The Dimmer Sisters. The Dimmer Sisters? Now, you guys... Which, which one's the Dimmer of the Dimmer Sisters? <laughs> Look, meet them find out. So you guys have heard of the Dimmer Sisters, but you've never met them. The rumor is that they're witches and that they bathe in fresh blood and that they never leave their homes. Most can't decide. (laughs) Most can't decide whether it's a good or a bad thing to be associated with them. The look on Chad's face, he thinks it's a bad thing. He's like, "Oh hell no! My cousin Vinny, he saw them once, wound up dead ten days later." Are you Are you sure Vinny just didn't drink a poison? (laughs) If he's as dumb as you, I mean, if we just drink a poison, man, like come on. Moving on. (laughs) Tink is like, wait, wait, wait a second. Never mind. Alan's now, like, lighting up a pipe and her hands are shaking. And she's like, <clears throat> how long do you think we'll survive if this dock stays frozen? I, I know how you guys can get in to see them. She motions back to her cabin. We follow her. Sounds like a job. So, inside, she's now rifling through some of her cabin. She's like, Moira... <laughs> Moira and Galeen. That's their names. They're from Myra. Moira? Moira, yeah. And Galeen. G- Galeen. Yeah. So she's digging around her filing cabinets and ash is falling from her pipe, but she doesn't fucking care and she doesn't stop. And she pulls out a silk-wrapped object and offers it to you guys. Bruiser takes it. Okay. <laughs> so, Bruiser... So I feel like- Bruiser reaches over <laughs> Spider, who is going... Or Tink... Tra- traitor. <laughs> One of them. Fader <laughs> is going to reach for it. It was only snatched from his eyes. So, it feels heavy and cold in your hands. Far heavier and colder than it should. Just, that's an artifact from out there, and she points out towards the ocean, beyond the domes. They like that sort of thing. It'll at least get you a conversation with them. They live in the crow's foot near the water. I'll give you the address. I can't afford to leave here. Someone has to herd these chickens and get those people to the shore. Besides, this is your problem, she points at Chad. And so there's going to be a couple things I have to say. Like, first, what, Polonia? Yeah. She knew what she was ordering. She has an idea what it is, so definitely some info from her. Second, it's silk wrap, right? Yeah. What's inside of it? I'm getting really tired of things being veiled. <laughs> open it up. If you can open it up if you want. You take it from Bruiser and open yeah. it up. Yeah. So you go to unwrap it and she's like, don't fucking do that. You don't know what that is. Do you know what it is? No. Then no one knows what it is. <laughs> Fine. You take that risk. It's in my hands. So you open it. Needle, Needle's just going to put his hand on top of Crater's <laughs> hand and just be like, Maybe it's best we don't mess around with things just yet. If we opened up the last package, can you imagine? But that was a job. You don't touch, you know, the job. Yeah, yeah. This is almost a new job. We should probably think about it. Are we going to pay for this? So, Chad, <laughs> Carl back. Chad turns the party. Guys, I know this isn't your deal, 
but Polonia will pay you guys like a shit ton of money if you get this package back. So yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. we're getting paid. For so Tink is kind of got his bandolier out. Takes the package back and puts it in her bag. Ellen is kind of frowning. She's like, "You could do that, or you could bring it back here, and I'll make sure it never comes back." And she looks at Chad. And she's like, "I'll have a boat ready in case you decide to do the right thing." I'm feeling we're not getting paid if we do the right thing. Except we have to go get the parcel and bring it back from the Dragon's Tooth. Well, it's not. It's not the Devil's Tooth. The parcel's gone. Dragon's Tooth is across the street from the Devil's yeah. Tooth. <laughs> All right. That's the right job. Remember. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the, the crate is gone, and for all you know, this sleigh track seems to be tied to that. Okay. So, if we find the crate, we can bring it back to them and get rid of it. Okay. I want to get Carl back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also want to get Carl back. Okay, fair enough. All right, so, are you guys going to just head out for the Dimmer Sisters? What do you think? Do we need anything? Do we have any reason not to go right away? I mean, it does seem like there's a bit of sense of urgency around this, and we want to get stop for Carl back. It's midnight. Denny's is up. Well, I guess it's time to save Christmas. Welcome back to DM's Test Kitchen and the first part of our two-part Christmas episode. We hope everyone's holidays are going swell and we're glad we get to share ours with you. Uh, in case you miss it and you can't get enough of what we do, last week we launched our spin-off channel, DMTK Chef's Night. In Chef's Night, Nathan leads a changing party of characters played by other dungeon masters from around the world. We play through a world where everyone was forced to move underground due to a dangerous plague 200 years ago. Our first episode is up from our first arc, Quest for the Sun. The cast consists of myself and Nathan from DMTK, Jesse of DMs of Vancouver, Justin from Monsters and Monstrosities, Steve from Classless Characters, and another DM named Andrew from the Basement Guild. All of which are great podcasts we recommend that you check out. The next episode will be out next week on December the 20th, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts by looking for DMTK Chef's Night. As always, thanks so much for listening, and if you want to keep up to date on everything DMTK, Chef's Night, or otherwise, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And check out dmstestkitchen.com to find out more about what we're doing, get your hands on information about the systems we're playing, and more. If you'd like to help support us, visit dmstestkitchen.com and click the donate button. Buy a shout-out or check out our merch store. We appreciate all kinds of support, little or small, but one of the best things that you can do for us is share us. Tell people about us and tweet about us using the DMTK hashtag. The next part of our Christmas episode will be up on December 27th. In the meantime, I'll let you get back to your meal. Time to save those dock workers anyway. Fuck the dock workers. Time to save you. I want my moon back. Fucking tentacles. If you guys can't get to the ocean, you can't harvest demon blood and you can't power the barriers. Oh, okay, so that's a problem for the whole city. Yeah. I mean, it's not a problem for me. I need ghosts for more more (laughs) solutions. (laughs) <laughs> but what happens when you don't need ghosts and they're still there? You find a need for ghosts. Then I just get really high and hope I don't die. <laughs> Forget all right. it all. Let's go to the Demers. Or get really high and don't care if you die. <laughs> all right. So you run into little troubles, little troubles through the docks, entering crow's foot. You see dozens of people wrapped in night robes staring out over the frozen waters in awe. And your car creaks to a halt. Before you, you see an old Victorian house that once must have been beautiful. But now, with streaked and black soot and the walls are crumbling, plaster falling away to reveal the crude brick underneath. The fence outside has grown over in purple ivy, and the sign marking the address had been painted with a large red X, indicating the inhabitants as witches. You don't see any light in the windows, and they all look to be covered. The front gate appears to be rusted shut, but you might be able to move it or hop over it. There's also an alleyway to the right of the house. I'm going to wreck the front gate. Alright, go ahead and try to wreck it. Six. Six? Yeah, you wreck it. You uh, manage to 
shake the gate open with a, the nice crash, and you get the gate open. Tink so. runs to the front door. All right. Like, yes, 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 yes. Witches. <laughs> so the front door's doorbell has been smashed, and there are nearly a dozen locks of all kinds on the outside. Another red X is marking the door. Maybe there's a different entrance? Is this a two-forced home? Yep. Yeah. Any there windows? They all seem to be covered. Okay. What kind of part of the city is this? Like, lots of buildings close together? Or Crow is there, like, a yard and... Crowsfoot's a pretty run-down kind of ghetto neighborhood. Um, a lot of really old houses. Maybe it was a nice neighborhood once, but that was maybe 40 years ago. Can we do, uh, like, once around the house to see if there's a... You do see a pa- uh, path to your right leading around the house. If we were looking around this house, it's kind of off to the side, imagine. Did we see any sleigh tracks near this house? No. Okay. And at this point, the snow stopped falling, and so any fresh snow that's out there has pretty been battered down on the roads. Um, and sorry, remind me the Dimmer Sisters link to up north where this crate came from? They're from up north, and, okay. so, and they're okay. witches, so... Okay. Let's follow that path to the right, keeping an eye out for any kind of alternative entrances, rather than a 12-lock door. We could knock on the 12-lock door. Yeah, Tink is, like, basically waiting for you guys to be like, okay, we did knock now? Go, go nuts, Tink. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah there, he there's just, a broken... He knocks. Yeah. Okay. So you knock, and you hear nothing. Oh. There's the bro- broken doorbell. You think you can fix it? Cruiser wrecks the 12 locks on the door. <laughs> <laughs> be a lot of wrecks. Um, you know what? Yeah, no. Tinker's going to use his tools and see if he can fix the right, door. There, there is a path. But... While you're doing that, I'm going to check the path. Okay, yeah, else okay, fine. Tinkle. Yeah, Tinkle will go with, go check out the path. Okay. Yeah. So you follow the path around the backyard and you see what looks like a jungle. The garden is so overgrown it seems to consume the whole yard, creating a canopy with the thick layer of snow that covers it. But there's a path through the vines that seems to be well used. Let's go through the well used path, guys. Alright. So the path is especially dark without the moon, but as you creep forward, you begin to see candles melted into wooden arches and plants flickering in the open air. The path lets out to a set of cobble stairs and lead down underground where you see a purple door. All right. Purple door. Tink? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, now's your time. <laughs> yeah, he just goes down and like... He uses he uses Arnok because he's just super excited. Just gave away the code to our house. <laughs> was, yeah, but, he, they don't but, but they don't know that. <laughs> Alright, so you hear a series of whispers, but you can't tell if they're coming from inside or all around you. A few moments pass, and you hear the sound of a deadbolt being lifted. The door creaks open, and you're hit with the heady smell of incense, and a scent that you know but you can't quite remember. It's sickly sweet, and some, and seems to hit you in waves. Gingerbread? Mold wine? Does Eggnog. Do one of you want to try and figure out what it is? Does it smell like yeah. Bruiser's room? Study? <laughs> yeah, you can do a study or, or a survey. Three. Six. Trader, you recognize that it's the smell of death. Mm. That's not mold wine. Do you guys go inside? Hey guys, so the door is open, but nobody greeted us? Yes. Yeah. I get a call. Hello? Did is your voice Chad's crack a little bit during is, it? Hello? <laughs> is Chad still with us? Did you guys bring Chad with you? No. I don't want to bring Chad with us. Chad's, Chad's making sure no one steals the car. Okay. He's still in the backseat, We though. gave him a special job. I mean, he seems like a good meat bag to put out in front when we're going into creepy houses, but... Oh. We told him to go get headlight fluid. Bruce <laughs> just going to take up the rear. Okay. Who's first? You have to say things out loud. We're on a podcast. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trader is trying to... For the, for the listener at home, Trader put his finger on the nose as if to say, not it. Yeah. Tink very excitedly okay. steps into the door. Yeah. Okay. As soon as you all enter the hole, 
As soon as you all enter the hall. Go on. <laughs> when when you all enter the hall, the door closes behind you with a thud. The hall stretches about 20 feet before you taking a left turn. From there, here you can see more light, but not much. The deeper into the hall you go, the warmer it gets, and you feel your fingers tingle as they recover from the cold. But you realize that this isn't just because you're indoors now. There's more heat in here than there's in a normal house. Whispers seem to bounce off the walls around you, seeming to come from behind you, then at your feet, and then again right by your ear. You can't understand the words, and the sounds disappear before you can grasp their meaning. Bruiser, get the thing. The thing? The thing, the, with the thing, with the silk-wrapped thing that's in your bag. Oh, okay, yep, yeah. uh, she pulls out the thing. Okay, you guys go around the corner? Yep. Coming around the corner, the hall opens into a large room. Candles line the walls, embedded in the buildup of years of melted wax, making the walls almost look like they're ice, with layer upon layer of dribbled wax. Around the floor are empty cages, some stacked high and others tipped over, doors hanging ajar. There's a table against one wall, but it's barren, other than deep gouges in its wooden surface. At the end of the room is a set of closed double doors, their brass handles so tarnished that they look black in the flickering candlelight. How big are the cages? They're like human-sized cages? They're like animal cages? Most are like cages animal for ants. They, <laughs> they, all, they vary in size. <laughs> and still no sign of people. No. As you guys stand in the hall, you hear two voices speak at once. Come in. Yep. Okay, well. Alright. We're here. Uh, we brought you a thing. So you go to open the door and you find it swings open smoothly without a sound, leading you to a larger candlelit room. Unlike the one you left before... This one is lavishly decorated with antique furniture. Needle, you recognize everything in the room would have once been worth a lot of money, but no one wants items once possessed by witches. Fair. Wow. Does he recognize anything from his people. family estate? Possibly, but you'd have to study the closer to tell. Two women sit in the, the room, one at a small table at the back, playing a game of chess seemingly with herself, and the other on a red velvet chaise, reading a book. They both have long black hair they leave on tether that runs to their ankles like tendrils and are wearing simple nightgowns and nothing else. Sister, they're here, the one at the chessboard says without lifting her head. The other one responds, I suppose you're right, it's actually them this time. The one with the book closes it slowly after making, marking her page. Would you like some tea? I would love some tea, but this time? <laughs> she like smirks and she gets up to go make her tea and fetches a kettle from a small fireplace with flames crackle and spit. And as you look, you swear that the flames are changing color right before your eyes. I swear those flames are changing color right before my eyes. <laughs> Fuck, those t- flames are, are changing color right before my eyes. <laughs> you realize this hearth is where the heat is coming from, and in this room it's almost unbearable. Wait, the are these The heat like, or the smell? The heat. Is this like the, like the old granny has like the heat like way too high? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. That's why they're only wearing their nightgowns. She's like, we've been waiting for you. Do you sugar cream? Uh... Both. Yeah. And who's all going to get tea? I'll have tea. Bruiser will accept a mug. I'm going to say no. Okay. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Okay. She carries on. It's herbal. <laughs> Fine by me. That's, that's their call. <laughs> from the corner of where the other one's playing chess, you suddenly hear a curse in a foreign language. She gets up from her game. She's like, lost again. She she mutters and comes over and grabs a cup as the other one hands out the cups to the rest of you. And she says, Ellen didn't send you empty-handed, did she? Uh, no, I got something in my hands. And I hold out the silk object. So the one that ha- was playing chess takes it from you and begins to unwrap it with care. And she's like, oh, I haven't seen one of these in so long. Look, sister. And she hands it to the other one. I'm watching intently. <laughs> so what you guys see is it's, it's a cast iron mask. Its surface is depicting a twisted, howling face that sends a shiver down your spine. 
In the old country, peasants would hang these above their doors, and when the devils would come knocking, the house spirits would wear the masks to scare them off. She puts the mask to her face, and for a moment there seems to be a glint of red through the eye holes, but it may have just been fire. And she looks at the mask again, though this one didn't save its owner. Such grim talk, sister. We have guests. The other one waves a hand. I'm Mora, and that's my sister, Galeen. Mora's the one that gave the tea? Yes. Okay. I introduce myself and the rest. What does that sound like? Sounds very graceful. (laughs) (laughs) Roll a grace check. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) It's not graceful. This is us! (laughs) (laughs) We are are them. Uh, how did you know that Ellen sent us? We know all sorts of things. She just chuckles. Uh, what number am I thinking of? Four. Fuck. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> Galene takes her tea and retreats to one of the cushy chairs in the corner and beckons you guys to take a seat. Tell us what you see. What we see? Seek. Okay, oh, I was like, oh my god, like two a- old ladies in a nightgown in a row? In one in one nightgown? No. Um, I'm gonna wait. That's, that's your own witch bias. They're, 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 they're about 30 looking, from what you can tell. Go on. Um, <laughs> Breezer is at least, like, is anybody drinking the tea? Breezer's gonna wait until she sees one of the witches oh, yeah. drink the tea before she the, drinks Yeah, the, the twins are drinking Okay, tea. okay. The and twins? The, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're identical. They look exactly the same. Tell us what you see. I mean, we, we lost our Carl. And there's a crate, and we want the ocean shit to stop and become ocean shit again. What do you know about... Tentacles s- on the moon. Spectral automotives. It's about ghost-powered wagons. Not much the same as anything else that's ghost-powered. How hard would it be to extract the spirit from the car? How hard is it to extract the spirit from you? So far, pretty hard. <laughs> like... Well, but that's what not, happened to our car. Not really, like, I could do it very easily with a sharp knife, but, like... Oh, no, I would continue to haunt my own body. <laughs> Moiraz speaks up and she's like, Spirit of obsessed vehicles, well, or any item, depends on the spirit's attachment, but pretty much anyone with a modern amount of proficiency could do it. We were pretty attached to the spirit, so, I mean, like... But was he attached to you? Do you? Yeah, he was a cranky old asshole. He, he might not have been. You know lots. He might have gone willingly. <laughs> you know lots about us. You knew that we were coming. Is there anything? Is there anything that we can tell you that you don't already know about this? Or should we just ask you to help us out? So I know of all the things that you speak: frozen seas and stolen lights. But what can you tell me? about this crate that is missing. What I want you guys to do, I want each of you to tell me something about the creature in the crate and using one of your senses. So touch, smell, sound, or appearance. You can only use one of the senses. So once someone says sound, you can't use that. Someone else can't use it. So okay. who wants to go first? I think Tyler goes first. Because <laughs> <laughs> we keep jumping over. Because he's, he's the one that's so aggressively wants to know what's in the box. <laughs> yeah. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> I am so thoroughly tempted to say it tasted like snozberries. <laughs> I did not put taste as an option. <laughs> yeah, nobody licked the crate. Uh, I got close. I ate human blood off the side of the car. That had nothing to do with the crate. No, but I was the only one that was licking anything in the previous sessions. <laughs> yeah, does someone want to tell me what it smelled like? Didn't it smell bad? Didn't it smell kind of like death? No, yeah, but There I, are like, no right answers here. We're building well, the thing. No, no, no. But we're not. Because we already experienced it. That's what I'm asking. No, we all we experienced was 
smoke coming out from it. We didn't right. experience a smell or anything. Okay. It was blue. It was blue. Okay. The scales that it had on its body felt like it would be great for some alchemic uh, recipes. Okay. So that was touch? Yeah. You felt touch. the scales? Yeah. Okay. He you still lick, see the texture. He licked the scales. <laughs> Smell smoky? Like a campfire? It kept making this rattling, awful... What did that sound like? (laughs) So... (laughs) The the twins listen to your description and they nod. Galene shakes her head. She's like, next group act. And Mora nods. What was your Polonia? want with such things? What did you call it? Nexrupact. Nexrupact. I don't even think there are letters for spelling that. <laughs> They're like some Cyrillic letters. Do you respond to what you think Melania wants with it? Or? She needs to beat the dragon tooth. None of her damn business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, it was a job. I don't know what Polonia would want with it. Can you serve it? Can you eat it? <laughs> Way in France, it's like it matters not. It's it's here and it needs to go. And Mora looks at the group and she says, "You say it was stolen, correct?" It was stolen from the devil's tomb. Only one thing could do the things that you speak, and would do so for that thing. Mergrafrost, patron of winter spirits and demons, Mother Frost. I don't know what your Polonia co- did to convince someone to find this thing, but the spirits have been banished behind the barriers for centuries. Even those wall, even if those walls are weaker in Myra. Such things have no place among the living, not if they want to stay that way. There's a reason we left their homeland. Here, there's screams and panic when you see one tiny spirit, and they're, they're everywhere. They're in your homes, they're in your head. You never stop. They never stop. And that one, that's the most voracious of them all. Mother Frost only removes its chains for a few short weeks a year. So it may feed. You may know him better by another name, a more modern one that forgets its true roots. Santa Claus. The other sister snickers. Yes, you have dressed your demon well. Devils are handsome in nice hats and jackets, giving gifts to little ones. People often forget that he also used to take. Okay. So we've got to find Santa and get him out of the city. In order to save Christmas? (laughs) How does that get us back Carl? It's not uncommon for the mother to collect wandering spirits for her own. She very well could have him. So Galene gets up and she grabs a bushel of herbs that's been hanging, drying, and she lights it and it begins to billow thick purple smoke all around her and she's waving her hands in front of her and she says, you, and points at Bruiser. You touch spirits, no? Mm-hmm. Yep. I punch him in the face. With a flourish of her hand, the burning herbs are gone and from the smoke she pulls a set of black iron shackles. She hands it to me. You, and she's like, you will need these for him. Your normal shackles won't do for a creature so powerful. And as she has them to you, you expect them to be heavy because they look they're just massive. But instead you find that you almost don't feel them in your hands. Very impressive, these shackles. <laughs> Mora then brings out a black iron lantern. There's no light coming from it. And she's like, with this, you can melt the ices on the shore for a short period. If you'll get your Santa out of the bearer, there'll be no more ice. The moon will come back and the mother will leave. She offers the lantern up to you guys. I'll take the lantern. We can provide more. But there will be a cost. We have Chad. Would you like a Chad? We'll trade you a Chad for the rest of the items. <laughs> she snickers. She's like, one cost per item, but if you have someone who is willing to give something. We could cut Chad into pieces. 
<laughs> Would you like a farm? I mean, if if I could take pieces of Chad for myself too, that'd be great. I feel like if you guys just told him you were Polonia now, he'd probably believe it eventually. <laughs> we prefer to have things that are given to us, so they must be consensual. We yeah, are giving we you Chad. Tink is interested. So if you want to try and get something, roll a d20. 17. For you, I, we do have an item. But you'd have to give up your sense of smell. Needle shakes his head no. <laughs> Bruiser shakes her head yes. <laughs> Remember, your and case would go as well. Not necessarily. This is actually a falsehood. Tink kind of thinks for a second and he says, Yeah, okay. Elaine comes over you. She waves her hand in front of you and you immediately, you just can't smell anything anymore. And Moira... Produces. Oh, thank God, death is gone. <laughs> Moira produces a vial of ashes and she hands it to me. She's like, This will stun spirits for up to 10 seconds. You have three uses, so be careful. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a terrible deal. You gave up something permanently for something for three uses. <laughs> you if they save his life. You, you are it's almost like he got four senses. And would anyone else like to play? Hard no. Yeah, that's a pass. Three's are what? Six. Tell me something that you adore. Hot Chad. showers. If you give me your love for hot showers, I will give you something. I'll be free of my love for hot showers? Yes. You should have said Chad. I <laughs> could have given me Chad. Uh, yeah, she'll do that. Okay. So now when you have a shower, you don't appreciate it as much as you once would have. Tink is also really interesting. He's like, what else? What else can I give up? This is really um, interesting. So... It's like Lent. <laughs> Except permanent Lent. They produce a pair. Permanent. Permanent. They produce a pair of black silk gloves. These will give you an extra die when you fight spirits. Yes. Worth it. Yeah, that see that's a better deal. To be fair, Tink isn't really concerned about smell when he's creating things. Everything is based off of sight. It's true. So he's like, this is the right color, and if it's even like. A tint off? He's like, I should probably not use this. I mean, maybe if you were more concerned with smell, you wouldn't have set a homeless man on fire. (laughs) But also, you know, when they... I was high. Fair. Okay, does anyone else want to take a chance? Still a hard no. Do do I know that I used to love showers? You know. Did I... Okay. This is this haunting thing. It's like, you get to shower, it's just just not the same. Alright. You can't use showers as a form of stress relief anymore. You have to find something else. Things like I hate covered. <laughs> yeah, it's called drugs. <laughs> Can I fall yeah. in love with baths? You could try. But you'll always be thinking about showers. And you guys can yeah, go again if you want to. So. Yeah, Tink is really interested in maybe going again. Okay. Right? Like, <laughs> All right. it's fun. Seven. Say Chad. <laughs> we just need the one of your kidneys. <laughs> I love the idea that you've got like a bag filled with kidneys. <laughs> it's just going to be like, I pull out my bandolier and there's three kidneys in it. <laughs> no, it, need, it needs to be through. Oh, okay. So one of them goes behind you and you feel their hand moving behind you and then suddenly kind of feel like an emptiness in you and a, a sharp pain, but then it's fine. It's gone. And... <laughs> They produce a masquerade mask. Users to wear this can see spirits, but it will also draw attention to you. So it's like the mask that 
So yeah, so script mastery. Okay. You, just, you, don't, you just don't have to be an expert about it, so right. <laughs> you can just use this one. Come on, guys, it's a fun game. Well, there and goes my idea. And you can try and convince Chad to come and give something to <clears throat> No, I'm just going to convince yeah, no, Chad that, to that can stay the fuck in the car. use one of my oils or something. <laughs> if we need them for something. <laughs> Why don't you guys want to give anything to your cool shit? How long can we sit here and play this game? How and you, and you can that? choose whether or not you accept that deal. I don't. I just don't. It's okay. a hard no. All right. I don't see no value in it. All right. So more is like, that's all we can help you with. I pray you capture this Santa soon. This city can't handle the cold the mother would inflict if she is left to her revenge. Revenge? Um, you kidnapped one of her spirits. Well, maybe you per se, but Polonia. She's trying to get all right, all right, all right. Blue scaly Father Christmas back. Galene says, well, there is one more thing. She goes to the closet in the corner made of beautiful carved ebony, and she removes a strange device made of gold with a chain holding a crystal hanging from the center. I'll take. No, you don't get anything for free. You didn't give anything this up. Is, this is not for you. We can help you find what you seek. Gather around. And she brings a device and a map of Duskwell to a round table with seven chairs and waits for you guys to join her. Oh, we're going to scry something. Who do you guys sit next to? I sit right next to uh, the one that gave tea. Okay, so Moira and Galen sitting next to Moira. And I'll sit next to Galen. I'll sit opposite of them on the other side of the table. Okay. I'll sit beside Trader. Right. Everyone get cozy, and she extends her hands one to each side. We must form a chain and wait for everyone to hold hands. We hold hands. Great. Galen begins to whisper in another language, and as the fever in her words increases, <laughs> she, you begin to see the candles in the room start to flicker, and the color of the flame shift, or is that just your eyes? Galene's voice rises in volume, and you hear the murmur of the whispers from the walls rushing to join her. As her words reach their peak, you feel your skin crawl with electricity, and your hair stands on end. Suddenly, all the candles go dim, and for just a moment, then they flare up again in purple, bathing everything in violet light. Galene has gone silent, and the light playing on her face begins to make it look ghastly like a skull. In the center of the table, you see that all the light is being drawn into that crystal, filling it with it almost seems like it's going to burst, and then everything stops. Crystal sways in the chain and hovers over the part of the map that you know as Silkshore. The candles return to normal and Crystal drops back to its resting position. Moira and Galene release their, release their hands and Galene, looking worn out, her head hanging. Moira stands up. You have your answer. Silkshore, at the spark grounds. You best hurry and know she knows you're coming. Better know when you're coming. She took her Carl. Alright. Uh, do you have any other questions for sister before you leave? No. 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 I feel like a question will cost me. I played this game before. I don't want that. The black silk gloves are they like thin or are they like woolly mittens with they're, silk they're on them? Okay. So you wear them under your regular gloves. They fingerless gloves or are they like? No, they're like off the gloves. Okay. I would have been perfectly okay if they were also just big mitts. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like you're silk mittens, mittens. <laughs> like like oven mitts made by with silk. Just Maybe sitting. just like outlined with silk, but like with fluffy. <laughs> As you leave the house, you feel a little emptier than when you came, and stepping out into the cold is extra biting. Literally emptier. <laughs> yeah, I'm always a little emptier than I come. See, so you guys pile back into the car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, there it is. But, um, you get back into the car, and she has a. So, so what happened? Where were we going? We're going to Silkshore. Silkshore. It's the end times. So we're going to have a good time. Alright, okay. <laughs> Alright, and um, so, are you driving again, Bruiser? Uh, yep. Okay. So, as you drive, what does anyone look back? Yeah. 
I mean, uh, Tink, Tink looks back. <laughs> Check the rearview mirror. <laughs> Tink looks back. There's Chad in the rearview mirror. Thinking about <laughs> what more. He at you. <laughs> thinking about what more he might have been able to give up for something cool. <laughs> so the house that you saw just moments ago is now gone, leaving behind an empty overgrown lot. 